Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Running on Scuffs. I'm your host, uh, Justin Seeger, and I'm joined tonight by a couple of uh, decent-looking gentlemen here, uh, one from Florida, one from uh, Ohio. And, uh, you know, I'd say something nice about Zach, Bill, and Dan Foster, too, but they're not here. So, uh, you know, hey, Tommy. we're just going to we're just going to go with it and uh, we'll see it as we go. Uh, quick public service announcement. Uh, I know I posted earlier on the uh, on our Facebook uh, page that Christian Rose was going to be joining us tonight. Uh couple things came up for Christian. He's not going to be able to be here tonight, but he will be here uh, next week on our show. Uh, so, so we look forward to having him with us uh, next week. So uh, <clears throat> thank you to everybody for tuning in. Tommy Williams, uh, always a faithful viewer. We're happy to have you here. And uh, gentlemen, we're going to have a pretty good show regardless uh, we've got some some racing to talk about, and uh, but let's get some introductions in here first. Uh, Mr. Mike Daphner, I know it's not quite as hot up there as it is down here, but it's getting pretty close. Uh, yeah, no, very- not after that cold front came through on uh, Friday night. Now we're back down into the low 80s. What's a cold front? Uh, that, that, that's a thing that happens in the north that sometimes brings storms with it. You guys get them, but it's literally just like a change of like two degrees. It's I, I think oh, Mike's making up words again. <laughs> At first it was snow. Now it's now it's a cold front. The wait, wait, wait. Those are the things that bring tornadoes. Those are the uh can yes. That's that's what we know. That's what we know. Those. Oh uh, yeah, the good old tornado fronts. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. All right, Zach Williams, how are you? It's it's getting a little closer to hurricane season around your neck of the woods as far as weather is concerned. Uh, or are you worried, or is that one of those things you'll just be hanging off of a palm tree? When- uh, no, we'll be hanging off palm trees, having hurricane parties, hanging out, getting a few days off work, hopefully. But uh, no, we're doing pretty good out here. It rained pretty hard earlier today and cooled it off a little bit, which is really nice because it's been sweltering around here. But, uh, yeah, so it's good. I'm glad to be here with you guys on uh, this wonderful Monday night. I'm going to say happy birthday to Kyle Larson. Today is his birthday. You know, we have another uh, – we have a faithful viewer of ours, and I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't shout him out, uh, Mr. Ryan Hill. Uh, he's uh, He's got a birthday today, too, which I thought was interesting because uh, he's got the same uh, birthday uh, as Kyle Larson. So happy birthday to Ryan. Um <laughs> Tommy's backing you up on that, Zach. We party yeah, during the hurricane. We do. We have a generator. We hook it up and we party. You guys are hanging from the palm trees before the hurricane gets upside there. down. Upside yeah. down to the palm trees. Yeah, the crap. Tornadoes don't last long enough for us to do that. And, no, and the past too erratic on mm-hmm. them. You can't really no, get in their get in their way quick enough. Yeah. So, anyways. We've got a good show for you guys tonight. We're going to, I promised it last week, uh, and we are bringing it back tonight. We are going to have an episode of, or a segment of Feel Goods or Flats this week. So I hope you guys are ready for that. Uh, I promised it last week, regardless of how long this uh, race review segment uh, takes. Uh, Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, uh, follow if you're not already. Uh, Be sure to comment your thoughts on the racing. We love to hear from you. 
And uh, let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to go ahead and get into our race review segment. We had three, uh, all three national series uh, were running this weekend. Not all at the same track. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but as always, we're going to start off with our premier series. We're going to start off with the Cup Series on Sunday. And uh, it feels like it was just a matter of time with how well they've been running. Uh, and uh, finally happened. Uh, they were The Cup Series was at Richmond. Uh, Ryan Hill uh, joining us saying what's up. Uh, just in case you didn't hear, uh, hear me earlier, uh, happy birthday, Ryan. Happy, happy to, birthday, Ryan. Happy, uh, birthday, happy to, Ryan. Uh, happy to have you there. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna message him privately, and I was like, you know, what's better than a public shout out, right? Like, especially when you're not not expecting it. So, and of course, here he comes in late as always, Mister Dan Foster, coming in. He's he's finally coming in here. Listen, I I've had a busy day today. I have, my sister's out of town, so I'm having to take care of her animals as well. And, you know, I'm, I'm still in the process of eating dinner, but I'm here with you guys. I'm here to talk NASCAR, talk racing, because that's more important right now. So let's do it. Richmond. You got a vote of confidence from Tommy Williams. He said save the best for last. So. That's right. Yes, sir. Tommy knows what's up. Zach Bell must be, uh, must be pretty amazing then, because he's waiting a long time. <laughs> <laughs> no. He's a goat. No, Zach's uh, no, Zach's uh, he. I have it on good authority. Zach will be back pretty soon. He's uh, he's finishing up some some summer projects, so uh, he'll be back with us pretty soon. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna get like I said, we're into the Cup race review. Uh, Chris Busher finally gets uh to victory lane and will secure himself. He was looking pretty good. Uh, for the playoffs anyway, but this time he actually secures a spot in the playoffs with a win. It was uh, it was an interesting race, uh, somewhat uh, as far as strategy. Strategy seemed to be the name of the game as far as Richmond's concerned, and you can see the top ten uh, scrolling down across the screen. I gotta say, as as someone who proudly wears the nineteen banner, that seventh place looks pretty good. <laughs> uh, because I watched, I, I watched stage one of that race, and after watching the stage one, I didn't think seventh was anywhere near uh, a logical finish for MTJ. Uh, we have a few of our favorite drivers uh, for Zach Bell. Uh, Hamlin was able to get follow up a win with a second place at his home track. Hamlin got quite a few uh, boos, which he kind of expected after Pocono, but. Quite a few is an understatement, sir. That place <laughs> erupted. Well, look, I got to try to be nice uh, when I can. I uh, haven't heard that many fans boo since uh, Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski back at the All-Star Race. And... Yeah, it, it, it was uh, it was pretty rough. Uh, Ryan says Logano getting a fourth place after Pocono. Take that. Uh you know, I I was gonna say that for for Ryan, it would be nice if uh, Logano could have gotten a win for him on his birthday weekend. But then again, I don't. Uh, my birthday's in December, so I don't ever get to see my favorite driver win on on a birthday weekend for me. That's because so. that's they celebrate the season with the championship, sir. Well, he did in twenty seventeen. So 
you know, I'll, I'll take it. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about the winner, Chris Booker. It feels like a win, at least as far as this season was going. It felt like a win was around the corner. Um, but RFK as a whole, it seems like we were kind of waiting to see if they really were the real deal. And I think this race proved that they were. Um, Dan, I don't know about you, but I, I think that this, because Keselowski was able to win stage two, uh, they got a one-two finish in stage two, um, and Keselowski was able to finish sixth. I don't know. I think it looks uh, looks pretty good for RFK trending upwards. Yeah, I think ever ever since uh, Busher got the win at Bristol last year, I think the team's been on the rise. Um, I wouldn't have necessarily thought they were going to be such a strong playoff contender this season with both cars in the running um, this far into the season. Um, and both of them, even before the win, was pretty pretty secure in the standings. Um, but no, I, th- I think this is a statement win for the team, uh, for the organization as a whole. Um, I know Brad Keselowski um, talked a little bit after the race about, you know, the, the improvements of the team and, you know, how, you know, he's, he's excited to, to see how far it's going to go into the future and uh, how, how high they can rise. But no, I think absolutely. This is, this is a moment for everyone to kind of look at RFK and be like, okay, so maybe they, they rattle off multiple wins here at the end of the season because Brad and, and Busher have both been fairly competitive uh, basically most of the season, but at least since the summer swing, um, I, I feel like overall that this is definitely something where this is where they're uh, kind of showing their strength at the right time. And uh, I could definitely see a, a strong playoff finish for them. Yeah. Richmond felt like a race where a lot of teams uh, seemed to showcase their dominance. It was 23, 11 uh, in stage one, both of them having a, a pretty solid run. Uh, one team we have to talk about, if you look at the top 10, Five different organizations had drivers finish inside the top 10. One that was not was Hendrick Motorsports. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zach, I, I want to talk to you as our, as a resident Hendrick fan. Uh, I, I want to point out a, a quote from, from Cliff Daniels um, during the race. And basically uh he told Kyle Larson, he said, yeah, we're all equal. We're basically, we're all equally bad. Um, and so what was it about this race that, that Hendrick just seemed to struggle at? I'm not exactly sure what it was as a whole. Like you said, they were all equally bad. I know I heard them talking about Larson. They had set the car up for more of a medium type run and he was just pushing it way too hard, too fast and just losing the tires on it. It was a, a very big tire maintenance day for sure. And I just feel like they weren't taking care of the tires or as the racetrack changed throughout the day, it would be where they would get too loose, too tight. You would know they'd have to be adjusting. You adjust too far one way, and then you got to find your balance, you know, and they just couldn't do that. Yeah, it, it just, whatever it was, it seemed to be a struggle. I mean, how often do we see uh, Hendrick drivers like Larson and Bowman uh, and even William Byron, uh, you know, struggling to stay on the lead lap that's yeah that's like lap, not... all of them lap, well i think all of them are lapped down at one point yeah uh chase elliott seemed to be kind of the uh you know he didn't get a top 10 but he seemed to be kind of the uh the shining light uh for hendrick motorsports uh and steve latart kind of mentioned it uh throughout the race that richmond is one of those tracks that it seems to be as a 
team, it's hard to pin down because you can have a setup that works really well in the spring and you can bring that same setup back in, in the summer and it just doesn't seem to work for you at all. So um, it's hard to point that out. Uh, Mike, it was a good race for, uh, for the Stuart Haas racing cars, uh, yeah, three in the top 10, like three in the top 10 and Chase Briscoe, not far behind. Yeah, um, so a, they had it figured out. I think they're starting to get momentum at the right point. I think that if, let me go check a stat real quick here. Cause I saw it, but did did it. All right, it's not loading, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it it they're they're doing good and that bodes well, I think. For well, we'll discuss that later on in the show. <laughs> Michigan, you know, I I concerned. I'm I'm a little concerned about uh, Ryan Priest uh, because I feel like as far as any sort of a playoff hope, I think Priest's best shot uh, was at Richmond with him being a short track kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know. Chase Briscoe, I still have him pegged as a driver that's that has a great shot at the Indy Road Course coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Almarola is, I kind of put Almarola in that group of I never count him out at a, at a super speedway. So uh, I well, agree with you, Ryan. I think Almarola might have had the best car. He was he was moving quickly, and Richmond's one of the tracks that Almarola really enjoys. Um. So he um, was doing really well. I did. It did finally load. That is two out of the last three races that SHR has had at least two cars in the top 10. You know, what was nice is that even though, I mean, Harvick was up there as well, but it Harvick was not necessarily carrying the SHR banner. No. Uh, yesterday. It, there, it was kind of a, a point where, Priest and Almarola in particular seem to carry that banner for SHR. Um, Priest had some some pit road struggles that that caused him. It seemed like every time Priest went to pit road, he lost uh, positions. Um, but he was up there battling all day. Definitely a, a turnaround, kind of a 180 for Priest from last week in Pocono where he got into it with Corey LaJoy. So, uh, Maybe he just needs to try to fight everybody before the race and then, you know, motivate him, you know, it, it certainly does seem to work for some. So maybe, maybe that's what priest needs to do. Um, but it, it's certainly looking pretty good. Uh, like I said, the stages were dominated by individual teams. It was 23, 11 in stage one where Tyler Reddick got a stage win. Interesting fact that I did not know prior to this weekend, that was the first laps Tyler Reddick has actually led on a short track in his career. Um, you know, Tyler Reddick's one of those guys that I consider to be a, a constant playoff contender now and, and someone that I consider to be a, an outside championship threat uh, this year. So to have that status is kind of interesting, uh, even though he's, you know, he's still got a pretty young career. Uh, but I was RFK in stage two with Brad Keselowski getting the stage win. And I thought Keselowski might have the edge over Busher uh, in stage three, but of course, uh, a slow pit stop cost him mm-hmm. uh, in stage three, but still a really good day for RFK as a whole. Uh, let's talk about the playoff outlook here. We've got our uh, 
uh, one more playoff spot is already taken. Uh, we've been talking on the uh, on the podcast for the last few weeks that we felt like Harvick, Butcher, and Keselowski, we felt like their spots were more or less taken anyway. But to have Busher have that win in the win column and to be locked in, it's got to feel nice. Um, unless we get a new winner in all of the next four races, then at least one spot in the playoffs will go in on points, which is something that we were not able to say last season. Um, so it will be interesting to see uh, – do we just kind of a, a quick do kind of throwing this out there? Do we get four different winners in the next four races that haven't won already? No, no, I don't. And think I so. was, I was actually just doing the math, and unless we get four new winners, Harvick is pretty. I think if he I'm waiting for it to scroll back around here, but because <laughs> I don't have it pulled up in front of me. I think when I was typing it out, I, I think if uh, if Harvick maintains the point gap he has right now, and we don't get a new winner, then he'll be he'll secure his spot next week. Yeah, I think as long as he maintains the point gap, he's mathematically locked in because I don't think we're getting four new winners. And well, once again, we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> we certainly will. We've uh, we've got an interesting uh, show. Uh, the Cup Series uh, race as a whole, I've seen mixed reviews. Uh, Zach, you and I were talking about it a little bit before we went on air. What was the overall opinion on the race as as a whole? Uh, and Zach, I'll start with you on that since we were talking about that. Uh, I mean, it, it was it was all right. I thought it was just kind of boring. You know, uh, it was a lot of green flag laps, no cautions to shake things up. You know, the free pass kind of didn't really come into play at all. Uh, so those cars that were the lap down, like I know at one point Chase Elliott's fighting to stay on the lead lap there for a while to get the free pass just in case. Uh, but you know, it was just a lot of strategy, you know, on the other side, like pit strategy, stuff like that. But overall on the on track viewing was kind of boring. Yeah, I, I could see where people would, I, I've seen, like I said, I've seen literally like, complete opposite spectrums like people either seem to love it or hate it um i i kind of thought that it was it was interesting in the fact that it was a race that we don't get to see all that out like it was a strategy race uh it wasn't do, like side by side door-to-door action there wasn't a you know a whole lot of action i do think that uh calling Richmond the action track is kind of a kind of lost at this at this moment but um but I I like that we were able to get some long green flag runs in the fact of it was different we don't see that all that often uh (laughs) Ryan said this is the type of race that makes me enjoy stage break cautions (laughs) Uh, it did me too, actually. Uh, and I, I don't know if it necessarily for the same reason as Ryan, but, um, I don't know if I can go that far, but well, the reason that I was thinking that is because if we did not have the, the stage breaks in this race, we wouldn't have gotten the strategy. We would like the strategy we did, uh, if they'd have just gone a full 400 laps, 
and they just had green flag runs all the way through it, then drivers would have just been going to as long as they possibly could on a set of tires. Uh, the stage breaks actually made it where they could take the number of laps and divide it into a certain uh, a one-stop or a two-stop strategy for the stages. And I think uh, without the stage breaks, uh, we we wouldn't have that. So, And um, I like the fact that they were able to do the multiple strategies where you had that option of doing a one or two pit strategy for each stage. And then the fact that if the first stage didn't work out the way you wanted it to, you could switch it up on the la- on that last stage and still be able to like make it work for you the best way. So, I mean, I personally enjoyed it. It reminded me of the, the races I grew up watching where, you know, you had people dominate and, and run away with it. Um, I know people in the past have said, you know, oh, I didn't like when Jimmy Johnson was winning all the races and dominating. Um, I mean, I think every once in a while is okay. I don't think, I don't, I don't want to see it every race, but I think having a dominant win or even somebody who's just dominating the race, even if they don't win the race, I think you know that 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 shows something for the sport to say, hey, yeah, we have parity, but if you if you hit on it, you can still go out there and just knock it out of the park. So I, I I think every once in a while that this is a race that I would definitely enjoy watching again. You know, even without and you know this is not to uh, you know not to to dig on on any F one fans out there, but even without stage breaks. I would still enjoy watching that NASCAR race more than F1, uh, at least in its current. Uh, yeah, I must say current F1, race. yes. Like maybe, you know, you know it, 10 you years know. ago, maybe not so much, but current F1, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, you mean the Max Verstappen League? Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it, it's, it's interesting. But um, so as far as the playoffs are concerned, uh, I'm still confident saying that Harvick and Keselowski are more or less locks. I, I don't think, but for the rest of these drivers, Wallace is starting to look a little better, uh, as far as he's going. But the thing that concerns me with Bubba Wallace, uh, is we have two upcoming, uh, road courses, uh, which do not bode well for, uh, no. do not bode well for the driver of the 23. Um, for a driver like Michael McDowell, I actually like the way the rest of the schedule plays out for him. I know a lot of people are, you know, I think because you have drivers like Bubba Wallace and Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman and Daniel Suarez, who are right outside, uh, who are either barely inside or right on the outside of that cut line. I think a lot of people are overlooking Michael McDowell, um, but the rest of this schedule, I th- truly, I think, for the remainder of the season, this weekend's race in Michigan is the most difficult challenge for Michael McDowell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've got two road courses that are gonna gonna play out very well for him. I also circle Almondinger for yeah, that. Yeah, I was just I just saw Almondinger, and I'm like him uh, too, man. Yeah, uh, and and it's I mean we can't. I, I can't necessarily just put out Chase Elliott either. Chase Elliott's proven to be a great road course racer, especially Watkins Glen. That seems to be, uh, if I were to rank Chase Elliott road courses, it's probably the Roval and then, and then Watkins Glen. Uh, but and then Daytona, of course, is just a crapshoot. Pretty much anybody can be at the right spot at the right time and win that race. 
Look, there are 12 drivers that are that can feel really good about their position, maybe 13, 14. Uh, I say 13, and here's why. Uh, because this weekend in Michigan, this is like the last non-wild card race we have. Uh, road courses always throw wild cards out there. I mean, the Indy road course in general, I look at a lot of drivers that used to be in the Xfinity series. I look at Austin Cindric. I look at Ty Gibbs. I look at Justin Haley, Chase Briscoe, you know, drivers that have proven themselves on the Indy road course in the, uh, in the Xfinity series. Uh, and of course you have road course bringers like McDowell and Almendinger. All of those drivers are not locked in. Uh, Watkins Glen, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I feel like Watkins Glen is going to be a little more cookie cutter of a road course. Like I think, you know, I think a guy like McDowell or Almendinger could get up there, but I don't necessarily see Chase Briscoe getting up there and winning Watkins Glen as much as I do Indy. I agree Um, with that. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Watkins Glen's more of a a NASCAR style road course as mm -hmm. opposed to um road america or you know the actual like road course road courses that we've come to know the last few years indy charlotte roval stuff like that yeah i i think so too and then of course then you throw on the ultimate wild card of of daytona um (laughs) (laughs) being at the end uh i mean you've got that's always interesting i mean anybody from anybody from william byron down to Noah Gregson, Ty, like, to I Ty Dillon and Noah like, Gregson. It, it's, yeah, it, it's potentially possible. Don't bring that bad juju. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. It ain't happening. But I'm just saying we that do not need much of a at Daytona. No, God, no. Do not that, be, that, that would be great to be there for. I couldn't. I couldn't believe it if I was there and that happened. I actually misspoke earlier. I th- looking at it again, I think we will get four new winners, but I think one of them is already in on points. So I, I could see, I think, uh, and, you know, not to give away my pick here, but I think Keselowski's got a good shot at Michigan. Uh, I think Harvick does too. Um, well, <laughs> we know Harvick does. Um, He's practically the king of that race. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how how that plays out. But I think Michigan, if you're any driver that's on the cut line and you're in any sort of uh, a point struggle, get as many points as you can here because this might be the the last non wildcard race we have before the playoffs start. Um. So. With that being said, uh, let's move on. Uh, we, we've kind of talked through our cup race. Uh, we Speaking of the playoffs, we actually do have one set of playoffs set, uh, and that being the Truck Series, uh, whose last uh, regular season race was this weekend at Richmond. Uh, you can see the playoff grid uh, as they've reset here. Scrolling across... Uh, Carson Hosevar gets his third win of the season in the truck series uh, after a great strategy call. Um, I think Ty Majeski had it. Uh, He had hands down the best truck of the evening, but ultimately it was the strategy that that called it if that race were three laps shorter. (laughs) 
uh, Ty Majeski yeah. would be celebrating a win. But it was a great run for him. Uh, he had a dominant run. But I, I got to give props to uh, to Carson Hosevar. Mm-hmm. Uh, this felt like a breakout win for him. Um, Carson Hosevar has gotten a lot of uh, a lot of heat lately about drivers. Um, you know him. He almost kind of has the Ross Chastain effect, right, in the truck series. Um, he's gotten he's made some enemies out there by by wrecking people. Uh, he's even talked about recently that he got a pretty good talking to from Dale Jr. about that. Uh, so, uh, you know that it's pretty pretty big when you have a guy like Dale Jr. come up and and talk to you about the way you're racing. Uh, but this race was different. Hosevar didn't aggressively make his way to the front. He had to start at the back, uh, and he just worked his way through the field. Uh, there wasn't a lot of bumping and banging, which is, I mean, at a short track is something you would expect. Um, so I got to give credit where credit is due for Carson Hosevar. Um, I mean, that's, I think that's a breakout win for him. I don't know what you guys think on that. Dan, what do you think about Hosevar's win? No, um, I've, I've always liked Carson Hosevar. I know um, some people are not necessarily a big fan of him uh, and his driving style. Like I said, it kind of, to me, it does, uh, it does remind me of a, a Ross Chastain, which I think it's kind of fitting that he's in the, the Nice Motorsports uh, camp. And that's kind of where Ross really kind of got his, his footing in the truck series, so to speak. Um, but, uh, no, I, I think this is something where he's, he's showing, um, that he is a serious contender. Granted, I don't think Nice Motorsports is on par with some of the other teams in the truck series. Um, if I had to rate them, I, th- I think they are the second best Chevy team behind GMS, um, as far as the support and stuff from Chevrolet. Uh, and of course I, I, I think, um, Tricon and Thor Sport are going to be ahead of them with the Toyota and Ford. Uh, involvement there even front row motorsports with zane smith so i I think him making the playoffs um getting the 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 wins this season the multiple wins uh i think that's a testament to him as a driver and that that team and their uh, their don't give up attitude uh and i think uh i'm i think i think he has a shot at making a a deeper run into the playoffs than a lot of people expect yeah i i could definitely see that um we have some interesting uh let, let's talk about the the truck series playoffs a little bit um we've got a, a pretty unique field for the truck series playoffs we've got Corey heim uh dominating the regular season championship standings uh getting those extra playoff points uh so he's going to be 28 above the cut line going in zane smith is 20 points above uh it's pretty tight uh once you get past those two drivers, though, and even even with those two, I mean, even Corey Heim, 28 points is not necessarily a margin that I would feel comfortable with. Um, Carson Hosevar, 19 to the good. Eckes is 17 to the good. Infinger, 15. Majeski, 12. Rhodes, 11. Uh, then there's a little bit of a gap between Nick Sanchez, Matt Kraft, and, and Matt DiBenedetto. Uh, how about Matty D making a playoff run in the uh, – in the <clears throat> Rackley Ware uh, 25. That's a pretty interesting. They got their first win at Talladega last year, but uh, they didn't need it this time. They were able to point their way into a, to a playoff spot. 
so that's pretty cool for them. Um, I have to admit, I don't know if I see them making it very far. Um, but that's where, round exit. that's where we're uh, that's where we're going to talk about here. Uh, we're not going to make as big of a deal about the truck series playoffs that we do the cup series, but uh, we are going to get a little bit of a little bit of playoff prediction here. Uh, what do you guys think, uh, or who do you guys think are going to be the first two out? Uh, we're just going to do a real quick kind of rapid fire uh, playoff run here. Um, with IRP, uh, the Milwaukee Mile, and uh, I believe, what is it, Kansas? Then? Kansas. Kansas that they're running? Yeah. Yep. Um, the three races. At it. <laughs> <laughs> the three races in the round of 10. Uh, which two drivers fall below that cut line uh, before the. Uh, um, I'm going to actually round. go with Matty D. And then I'm also going to go with Sanchez. I think Crafton leaps into the eighth spot and stays in for at least one more round. Well, Mike, I'm going to agree with you on that. I think DiBenedetto and Sanchez. Uh, Sanchez is a great driver, and he's one of those that I could see proving me wrong uh, if he could sneak up and get a win. But I think ultimately Crafton just seems to know what he needs to do and when he needs to do it, I think, uh at least for the round of eight, I think that's enough to keep him there. Um, Dan, what do you say on that? Uh, I, I agree. I think the only other one that I would even possibly consider as being eliminated uh, is going to be Ben Rhodes. Uh, I don't think he is really um, being that super competitive right now. I, I know he was up front for a lot of this, this race this weekend, um, but I don't think the next few races really bodes well for him as a driver as far as uh, – the tracks and the style of racing. Um, but I, I, I agree. I think Sanchez, unfortunately, because I, I really like Sanchez. Um, I've been a fan of his ever since he was first announced as part of the NASCAR Next year, uh, team. And um, uh, Rev Racing, I think, is going to be a, a, a great long-term competitor in the truck series. Um, but unfortunately, I do think it's going to be uh, Nick Sanchez and uh, uh, Matty D. Oh, still so early for uh, for Nick Sanchez and his career. They can come back and oh yeah, and definitely have a good run at it. Zach, what say you on that? Do you have any other drivers that? Uh, I think I'm on board with you guys with that with Sanchez and Matty D. All right, so we we've got a little bit more of a debate here. We're gonna, like I said, real quickly go through this. Uh, out of uh, the eight drivers that we have left, we've eliminated Sanchez and Benedetto. Which four make it to the round of four? Uh, and fight for a championship in Phoenix. Um, and I'll tell you what, we're going to go around in a circle, and we're each going to save one driver uh, that we think is going to make it. So um, if someone takes your pick, pick someone else, I guess. But uh, Mike, I'm going to start with you uh, on that. Which um, save, save a driver to make it to your championship for in Phoenix? Uh, I'm not gonna take the low hanging fruit there. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with Enfinger. I think Enfinger is a good pick. I, I think I could see Enfinger getting a couple of good wins uh, at the short tracks, which would add to his playoff point mm -hmm. bonus. But uh, I don't think that's a bad pick by any means. Uh, Zach Williams, what say you? Uh, are you gonna uh, go for the low hanging fruit? Uh, not super low hanging, but I'm gonna go with Zane Smith. 
See, to me, that was the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> I was thinking Heim was the low-hanging fruit. No, it's definitely Zane Smith. <laughs> All right, so we've got Infinger and Zane Smith. Uh, Dan, are you uh, are you going to take the Heim? The Heim? Um, I, I, I do think Heim will make it, but I'm actually going to pick Josevar. I, I think he, he makes it to the round of four, uh, and I, I, th- I think he has a very strong chance of pulling it off. Well, I'm going to – I actually am going to take the, the low-hanging fruit here with, with Heim. Uh, to be able to win the regular season championship and by missing a race uh, is just outstanding to me. Uh, I think he's got a lot of upside to him, so uh, so I think Heim gets a ton. So assuming – and I don't think our championship four is entirely too far off either. Uh, so with that championship four of Heim – Host of our Zane Smith and Grant Infinger, uh, who walks away with a championship? Uh, Zach, I'm going to start with you on that. Uh, I'd say Zane Smith on that one. I'd stick with who I picked. Back to back, could could certainly be. Uh, Dan, what about you? Who's who walks away with the title? I know you kind of. I I want Host of to win it just because I feel like he's a little bit more of an underdog story than anybody else in the in the um, top eight or so. But I, I agree. I think Zane Smith is going to pull it, pull it again this year. Um, I think he's shown his his talents the last few years in the truck series, um, and even with some some trucks or cup series races this year. Uh, I think this may be his last season in the truck series. I, I, I'm hearing some birdies talking, and uh, I, I I don't know if he's going to be back next year in the trucks. Never know, Mike. What about you? Do you have a, a different one, or do you think Zane Smith goes back to back? I'm actually going to go with Hosevar. I think he honestly will end up winning the title. And I mean, if yes, if the race uh, Saturday, Saturday, yeah, I don't even know what day it is. Um, (laughs) If the truck race this past weekend is any indication, shorter tracks seem to be where his bread and butter is. And well, you got Phoenix, so. That's fair. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with Corey Heim. I think, uh, you know, again, low hanging fruit, but I think that Corey Heim's got a great shot to to win the championship. I think he's got a lot of, uh, I think he's got a lot of uh, potential races where he can win and get some extra playoff points. Uh, those don't matter when it comes to Phoenix, but all it takes is is a win to get you there. So uh, I'm gonna go with the eleven to get it done. Um, for the championship there. So with that being said, uh, we have one other race we've got to talk about, uh, the Xfinity series race, which was the only race this weekend that was not in Richmond, uh, at least, uh, as far as the national series goes, uh, the Xfinity series went to road America. Uh, and we had a, a few, a uh, few rough crashes there with, uh, some brake rotors, Chandler Smith, uh, had the incredible wherewithal uh, to turn his car left uh, just to scrub off some speed so he didn't have as bad of an impact. It was still a really rough impact um, for him, but great wherewithal uh, for a particularly young driver to be able to do that. Uh, and then, of course, Alex LeBay had a had a rough uh, impact a little later on in the race. Um, brake rotors. I mean, we, we talk about them all the time at short tracks and road courses, but they really seem to, to hurt here. Of course, Road America had a repave for the first time since 1995. 
Uh, Dan, do you think that had something to do with the reason we had to see the brake rotors because the track was so slick? I, I I think it may have something to do with it. I just I, I feel like um, just that, that that's a that's a fast track and it takes a lot to slow these cars down. Um, and I know uh, the, the Zane Smith incident specific or not Zane Smith, um, Chandler Smith. Sorry, right last name for different first name. Uh, the Chandler Smith incident on the front stretch uh, that to me took my breath away watching it. Um, I'm glad he was able to maneuver the car into that wall before going headfirst into the, out, the other wall at the end of the uh, straightaway. Um, same thing with Alex Bay. I don't, I don't know if he intentionally turned as much or something broke and threw him into that other wall um, first to slow the car down, but he still hit that wall pretty hard. I, I just, I, I think it's just the product of these cars. Um, obviously the Xfinity series is, uh, is, is not as um, advanced, I guess, as you say, uh, as a cup series car as far as safety and some other stuff. But I think just overall, they, they carry so much speed going into those turns and I know they want to run as light and as small of brake rotors as possible just to, you know, help prevent any uh, extra weight to the car and slow the cars down as far as overall speed. But um, I think maybe NASCAR should consider making a minimum brake rotor size, especially for tracks like that, that have that long straightaway that, that gets the cars carrying so much speed into turn one. Yeah, I, I could see that uh, for sure. Uh, glad uh, Alex LeBay and Chandler Smith are okay. Uh, what do you, what were you going to say there, Mike? I was actually going to say they repaved it. And if you look at the average speed per from last year's race to the race this weekend, the cars actually got slowed down over nine miles an hour. Hmm. They were actually averaging nine mile an hour slower this weekend than they were last year. So, wow. I don't know if the repave actually slowed them down or if that was just the consequence from all the incidents and all of that. But yeah, it's an interesting. Like, no, that's, you're, that's talking about the speed of the race, right? The average speed of the race, average speed of the cars. Oh, so like, like qualifying like, laps. Well, uh, no, like it, using telemetry for the entire race. In 2022, the average speed at the line was 74.621 miles per hour, and this year it was only 65.265 hmm. as an average speed at the line. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why we have Mike Daphner as our purveyor of Daph stats. Yep. I find the weird stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you know, another thing that we we need to talk about, because uh, the Xfinity Series uh, was in Road America, uh, for those who don't know, a lot of Xfinity teams use the same pit crews as the Cup teams uh, do. Uh, and because they were not able to be there, uh, we did not have live uh, pit stops. And this is not the first time this season that the Xfinity Series has had that. But I don't know about you guys, but this was really one of the first races where I felt like it made a difference in the race. Um, I don't know. It just felt like kind of similar to Richmond uh, on the cup and the truck side. It just felt like there wasn't a whole lot of moves that could be made on track unless somebody made a mistake. 
Um, and perhaps that was just because of how fast um, guys like Allgaier and, and Custer uh, were. But uh, it, it just felt a little bit slower. And, and we didn't really get any kind of a – we didn't really get any kind of a uh, strategy call there uh, because of the the no live pit stops. Uh, AJ Allmendinger, we've got to talk about this. Uh, AJ Allmendinger coming into the Richmond Cup race, uh, sat 17th uh, on the, the Cup playoff grid, and uh, he sacrificed uh, his practice and qualifying uh, efforts in Richmond. They, uh, the team had Derek Kraus run the 16 cup car and practice and qualifying so that AJ Allmendinger could run the road America Xfinity race, uh, and be there for that. Uh, and there have been multiple thoughts on that. Um, and I, I want to give this to you guys considering, I mean, obviously hindsight's 2020, right? Uh, Allmendinger, he finished ninth, uh, didn't seem to have the speed that we expect Almondinger to have, but given his current cups cup points position and certainly before the Richmond race, uh, should he have, you know, maybe stayed and tried to have a better cup run, uh, rather than, rather than try to run the Xfinity race. I get why they did it. I know they sold this race uh, back earlier in the season and announced that he was going to be running it for um, colleague in the Xfinity series. Uh, I don't think they thought they were going to be as strong of a competitor for the playoffs as they are this season. Uh, I think it caught him maybe a little bit by surprise. Um, but I think, hey, you talk to sponsors like, hey, listen, we're you know we're trying to make the the cut playoffs. We're we're that close, you know, to making it. Maybe if we don't make it, then we'll get you a race after the first round or whatever. But um, I, I think they have other drivers that they could definitely use. Um, I don't think the sponsors would have been too upset, in my opinion, um, especially with the fact that uh, it's it's a road course race and you can usually get a ringer that's going to uh, be as competitive as AJ is usually anyways. So, But um, no, I, I get why they did it. But I think if I was Matt Collig, I was AJ. Uh, I think I'd make a different decision. Yeah, I I personally would have to agree. I think, uh, you know, you're. I, I get that. You know, AJ Allmendinger, Colleague Racing, as a whole, they want to win races. There's nothing against that. Um, but as a full time driver for AJ Allmendinger, uh, you know, your first priority is to to get the cup car running as well as it does, you know, and, and to put your cup team in as good of a position as you can to potentially go try to win a championship. Uh, and I don't know, maybe things wouldn't have even been different uh, at Richmond for Almendinger, but I think for him not being there uh, and just simply for having to start at the back, um, I think it really hurt, hurt the team. Um We'll see about that. We'll see how that how that turns out. Um, but we've talked about everything else uh, with the Xfinity Series race. We haven't talked about the winner. Uh, the first win ever for young Sam Mayer. Uh, very similarly to Chris Buescher, uh, 
except in Sam Mayer's case, this was the first win of his career. Uh, but it had the same feeling of Chris Butcher and the fact you, you knew it was coming, right? Like, like we all knew that Sam Mayer was eventually, he's in a junior motorsports car. He has the equipment. He has the talent. He was going to get a win eventually. It just finally everything kind of lined up uh, in his general direction. And, uh, and he finally got it. So uh, my question to you guys for this one is, uh, is this win for Sam Mayer the launching point for other wins? Because a lot of people say it's the first win that's the hardest to get. Uh, do y'all think this is the first of many for for Sam Mayer? Or... Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think he's on the right track for sure. Uh, I don't know. I I know he won. <laughs> uh, sorry, <laughs> I I know he won at Bristol in the Truck Series race uh, pretty early on in his career. I just I don't know. I I, f- I feel like he's in good equipment. I mean, obviously he's not pulling a Brandon Jones right now and not making the playoffs. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I'm not getting the, the warm and fuzzies from him being a, a serious contender and multiple race winner every season. Um, do I think he'll make it to the, to the cup series? Of course, I, I, I don't, I'm not gonna, you know, throw that down just yet, but, uh, I feel like overall, like he just hasn't really done much for me to jump on that bandwagon just yet and be like, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna win championships. He's gonna be a multi, multi race uh, Xfinity Series winner, like uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't get that just yet. <laughs> well, I mean, and I guess the actual relevant question here would be, what do we consider the first of many? Like, are we talk like because if we're just talking, yeah, I could call five races many. Like, that doesn't mean he's gonna be great. I just think he will win multiple races. Yeah. That, that's that's true um we'll we'll see what the future holds for for sam mayer uh it does lock him into the xfinity playoffs he was looking to be in a pretty good points position anyway but that locks him in uh for that so uh that's all of our race review segment uh for this uh for this week uh we have a short segment of scuff stories that we've got to get to um and uh, I'm about to make a few of you. Uh, I'm about to make a few of you happy, and I don't know about everyone else, but we're gonna find out. Uh-oh. Um, I, I'm. We've been talking about it. Uh, we we've been talking about the silly season. Uh, the biggest piece of news we have to cover: SVG has confirmed uh, that he intends to join NASCAR full time in 2024. Um, where that means he lands, I'm not sure. Um, I know I've got an idea. I know Eric Almarola is currently as indecisive mm-hmm. as as MTJ is. So uh, <laughs> you know, so man, these uh, old fuddy duddies. If you're an Eric Almarola fan, as an MTJ fan, I feel you right now because it's one of those like, look, just make up your mind, whichever way we're going here, like. Uh, yeah. You know. I mean, Stuart Haas already got Josh Berry for next year. Let's get us some SVG, too. <laughs> you know, I it's... I heard Colleague might be looking for a driver as well. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard that. Uh, there, there's been plenty of names. The, the Silly season is in full swing now. Um, 
especially with Justin Haley's announcement recently, um, you know, really starting to get things going here. Um, that's definitely our biggest piece of news. Um, however, uh, Kevin Bono uh, Mannion uh, is, is serving as the interim crew chief for the number 77 Spire Cup car. Uh, they're trying to get that 77 Cup car uh, into a little bit better standing uh, with Ty Dillon. Uh, another piece of Spire news, uh, Lane Riggs is going to be driving the number seven uh, Spire truck at IRP. Uh, obviously a second generation racer there. Uh, really cool to see him get an opportunity and an increasingly good opportunity with the seven Spire truck. Um, Catherine Legg uh, is going to, uh, to run the... Uh, four races for SS Greenlight in the number 07. Uh, She did one at Road America this weekend in the Xfinity Series. She will run the remaining road courses uh, for the Xfinity Series at Indy Road Course, Watkins Glen, and the Charlotte Roval. And our final piece of news, we have Cal Wells uh, named as the CEO of Legacy Motor Club. Uh, he's, uh, Dan, you kind of mentioned this earlier in the week when this got announced, uh, he's kind of, he's got those Toyota ties. Yeah. I mean, this, this goes all the way back to the nineties with him, with Toyota. Um, don't know if you guys have ever really followed his career at all, but, uh, basically he was doing like some off-road racing. Toyota got involved with that. Uh, then they wanted to get involved in it, basically IndyCar and cart. And they said, Hey, we need a, a team. So he basically built an IndyCar team. Um, and then, uh, he, got hooked up with Ford, came to came to NASCAR, uh, won the race with Ricky Craven at Darlington over Kurt Busch, uh, then basically sold his team and went work for a couple different NASCAR teams. And he, if I'm not mistaken, has been like consulting for TRD uh, the last few years. So this is definitely uh, a Toyota-related hire, I feel like, for Legacy uh, with them going to Toyota next year. But uh, no, that's, that's exciting news in my opinion for Legacy. Uh, I, I know uh, we have a friend of ours that's a huge Legacy fan. Um, and I, I think um, once he looks at the resume that Cal Wells brings and the, the knowledge and experience that he brings, the relationship with Toyota that he brings, I think uh, he'll see that this is a great move for that team. Yeah, we, uh, we will see. Um, and that's all the news that we have to talk about. It was a little bit of a shorter week as far as that goes. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, I've kept you guys holding off long enough Uh we are going to be doing another. I promised you last week we were going to do it. We're going to have a pretty quick uh, segment of feel goods or flats. So if you guys are, are watching, comment down below uh, whether you think these statements are a feel good or a flat. Uh, so we're going to get into this. Number one, I uh, hope you guys are ready for this. We're going to go uh, rapid fire here. Uh, feel good or flat. Uh, Chris Busher wins multiple races in 2023. Is that a feel good or a flat? Multiple more or multiple, including the one he just got. Multiple, including the one he has. Yes, that's feel good. Feel good. Feel good. Ryan Hill says that's a yeah, flat. He does. Shocker. <laughs> uh, he's he's I, just mad because Pinsky's not the best four team right now. Oof. Wow. 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 Matter of fact, matter of fact right now they might be third. <laughs> I don't I don't know about that. Stuart Haas has got to win a race before I put him above 
uh, Penske, but, uh, you know, maybe we'll see. Um, I, I could see maybe Bristol. I'm going to say uh, that's a flat, personally. I, I think Butcher's got a great shot uh, for as a points racer. I just don't know. I think as the playoffs uh, get going here, I think we're going to see some of the cream of the crop rise. So I think uh, a one-win season, that's good for Busher and something to build on for next season. But I, I'm going to say it's flat. I don't think he gets more than the one he has. Um, feel good or flat. Uh, and I feel like I know which way Mike's going to go on this one. Uh, Brad Keselowski gets his first ever hometown victory uh, this weekend. Uh, with a win in Michigan. He's been wanting to win at that track for quite a while now uh, because it's a hometown track. Uh, so feel good or flat, he gets it done this week, and RFK goes back-to-back. I guess I'll start it off, and, yeah, you're you're pretty much accurate there. That is about as flat as you can get. <laughs> That's stuck on the track flat. <laughs> <laughs> that's Joey Logano getting towed back and that we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> that's about as flat as that is. Sorry, Ryan, for bringing back those memories. No, um, you're not. No, no, I, yeah. I like Brad. Um, I would love to see Brad win it this weekend because I've always been a, a little a little bit of a Brad fan. Um but no, I don't I don't think it's happening. I don't think uh I don't think they have the speed at the super speedways just yet, as far as like the, the big tracks. <laughs> love you ryan sorry buddy <laughs> uh i'm gonna say uh, I, i'm gonna go feel good on that one i think that that's uh i think it's something i i know mike doesn't want to see it i know brian doesn't want to see it uh i don't know if it's necessarily something any of us want to see i won't be uh, mad i won't be mad oh Hey, with it, I want Brad back in the winter circle, but yeah, I wouldn't be mad at no, it. I just don't think it's no. gonna happen. Well, we'll see how that as how long that as any, anyone but Hamlet wins. Um, cool, Zach. I'm gonna go to you on this one, uh, first. Uh, and Denny Hamlin, I, I'm glad you, you actually gave me a great transition there. Denny Hamlin actually brought this up. Here's a feel good or flat, and I, I, I thought after last week we were done, uh, talking about this. But feel good or flat, Chase Elliott points his way into the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to say feel good on that one. It's like I was telling you before the show, I heard Danny Hamlin say the most intelligent thing I've heard him say in weeks. On his podcast, I saw a clip of him saying that Chase Elliott could still point in. He explained it all, and then he said, Chase Elliott is good at effing road courses. He's good at one of them. Yeah, he, I, I think he's, pretty, he, he's he's better than he's a lot of drivers. He's not king of the road anymore. Yeah. He's not king of the road anymore. And I, is it possible? Absolutely, nothing's impossible. And 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 you know, the the current era after twenty twenty, I think we all had a bingo card full of random stuff. But I don't see it happening. I I really don't. I think at this point, um, there's maybe four drivers fighting for it as far as points wise and getting in, but. Um. No, I, I don't. I think it's a flat. I don't see it happening. I, I like Chase Elliott. I want to see him in it. Uh, I think it's great for the sport for the most popular driver to make it into the playoffs. But I just, I after the total season he's had, I don't see it happen. I'm in the same boat. I just see that as a. I just see. I'll call that a tire going down. Like 
I could see it happening, but I don't think it's going to. Yeah, Mama Seeger says that's a, that's a flat. I'm going to say it's a flat, too. Uh, however, uh, I'm going to stick to my guns from last week. I think Chase Elliott does make the uh, – I, I think Chase does actually make the playoffs. I think he does it on a win. I think he's going to win, too, but if he doesn't win, I think he still could get over um, the points, just barely. So, but So uh, for that particular statement, I'm going to say flat, but I think that Chase could make it into the playoffs uh, on a win. So – uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, Fly good. <laughs> Fly. Uh, that, that's when you're not entirely sure what the uh, – That's my tire going, that. going down. That's, going that down. Is. Yeah. No, that's not going to happen. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. We've got one more here, and then we're going to uh, wrap up our show here. Um, so for our final uh, feel good or flat, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to you guys here again. Uh, we have more. This is also a playoff question. We have more than two spots go into the playoffs on points. So right now, uh, we currently sit at four. Uh, so that means that means we get less than. Well, really, we only have room for one new winner with that. Yeah, no, that that's that's flat as heck. Flat. Yeah. Uh, uh, to quote to quote Papa Williams, that's flatter than Kansas. Yeah, that that's <laughs> yeah, that no way we don't get at least two new winners with two road courses and Daytona still to come. Dan, what say you on that one? I'm I'm sitting here and running through a list of possible winners in my head. Well, Daytona, it's pretty much the whole field. <laughs> yeah, but that's but that's the only one that I really feel is a true wild card for anybody. Crapshoot. Um, you know, I, I I'm gonna say Daytona is the only one that gets somebody who's not currently in the top 18 in points, and the other races, it's gonna come down to points for anything other than that. I really, I really think that's that's gonna happen. So no, I'm gonna say that's a feel good. We were gonna have three guys get in on points. Uh, obviously, we you know we have Brad and uh, I'm drawing a blank. Harvick pretty much locked in on points, um, and I think we're, we'll get one more, and and that'll be it, boys. Yeah, I'm gonna go feel good on that one as well. I think, uh, I think, I mean, we talk about guys that are good at road courses. Um, you know, Martin Truex Jr. Kyle Larson fit into that as well, and you know, also drivers. I mean, as wild card as it is, and we like to talk about the drivers who don't have wins. There are drivers that do have wins. Um, even Chris Buescher now uh, with you know his road course talents. And um, don't forget with the road courses, I know with Indy Road Course specifically, there's going to be a lot of ringers. Um, I know 2311's bringing an extra car. Uh, SVG's coming back. I'm drawing a blank. There's another team with another car. RCR has a. Oh, yeah. With, uh, Brady uh, Kostecki. Kostecki. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, he's he's been racing with SVG for, for a while and. Most of the, the the races I've seen between the two of them, they're both neck and neck. Um, so I I mean, we could definitely get a winner who like SVG is not 
playoff eligible and um that basically just takes a win out of the column for somebody else so i, I absolutely i think it's a feel good i think it's uh, it's it's something that's going to happen uh do i think it could possibly change absolutely but no i i think we get one more winner uh that's eligible for the playoffs that's not currently a winner Lock yeah, that's uh, we're gonna lock it in. Uh, that was our last uh, feel good or flat for this week. We'll be sure to to have some more of those uh, very soon. Uh, so uh, with that, we're gonna start to to wrap up our show here. Uh, let's go ahead and get our picks for Michigan, Mike. Uh, we're gonna start with you because you're gonna be there in person. So uh, I'm sure you're just all dying to hear this. Um. I'm going with Justin Allgaier and Xfinity. And I mean, just looking at the stats, I've got to go with Harvick for Michigan. I mean, that that's just, I mean, because of the stats, because of the stats, right? Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the active drivers, he has six wins there. And the next closest driver to him on the list is Kyle Larson with three, as well as Joey Logano with three. So like, I mean, average finish 11th place. He's only ever DNF'd one time, and he's been on the lead lap for 37 of 42 races. Like, I mean, I got to, yeah, I got to, he's the king of Michigan right now. You know, as a Kevin Harvick fan, Mike, I know that, uh, you know, I know that you want, in your heart of hearts, you want Kevin Harvick to win every race from now to the to the end of the season but i know there's a little part of you that would go if you were there for kevin harvick's final win in his in mm-hmm. his nascar career that, was, that would be i was just thinking about that earlier and that that goes throughout back through this entire show why we're gonna have two winners because daytona's a crap shoot and harvick's gonna win here we got one <laughs> on points that's currently in that's harvick <laughs> Well, we'll see. We'll see how it uh, plays out there. Uh, Zach, uh, what what are your picks for this weekend for Cup and Xfinity? I have actually the same exact picks as Mike. I think it's going to be all Allgaier for Xfinity, and it's going to be Harvick for uh, Cup. All right. Well, uh, don't give us a whole lot of parody there, Zach. We're gonna. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I I feel like Harvick can do it. Like he said, he's the king of Michigan. Dan, anyone, do you have anyone uh, but Denny Hamlin, like I said before. <laughs> Dan, do you have Ryan? I'm jealous uh, that he'll be in Detroit for for SummerSlam. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you should head over to the race on, yeah. on Monday. That would be uh, a lot of events going on in Michigan, and I will be watching all of them from my TV at home. Ryan, um, if you do make it over to the race, hit me up on Facebook. Um. Dan, do you have any other parody here? Uh, I, I, I do have parody. I have lots of it. Um, I'm going with a different driver in both series. Um, I'm going to go with Cole Custer and Xfinity. Uh, I think he's shown this season that he's he's going to definitely be a contender in the Xfinity series, uh, at least while he's there. I don't know how long he'll be there, but I, I do think he'll be back to Cup sooner than later. Um, but I do think he's going to uh, win it this weekend in Michigan. And in the Cup Series, I'm going with another uh, another winner we've already had this season, but Tyler Reddick. I feel like overall this track has slowly become ty- uh, Toyota's track. Uh, I know for the longest, back in the day, it was Ford. Roush at, at Michigan had that had it figured out, had it unlocked every year. 
but I think uh, the last couple seasons I've kind of noticed Toyota with a little uptick, and I think they're going to take it back and uh, and get another W this weekend with Tyler Reddick at 2311 Racing. Well, I don't have a whole lot of I, I don't have total parity from Dan's because I have the same Xfinity. Uh, I have the same Xfinity pick. I'm going to go with Cole Custer uh, in Xfinity. Um, however, I think uh, Ford's had a stranglehold over over Michigan. Uh, for the last few years now, uh, I think that gets broken uh, by the uh, the same driver who won it the last time uh, Ford did not win. Uh, and I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. Uh, Two-mile Kyle. He finally comes back and, and shows him what it's all about here. Uh, so I'm going to go with Kyle Larson to win. Unless Michigan. Hamlin runs him over. <laughs> well, you know, not it's going to be more the opposite not, direction not gonna at this point. That's <laughs> that's where that was Zach's moment of don't bring that juju. <laughs> no. Uh, Matt Nicholson, he's gonna have uh he's got a new winner coming for Cup Series uh, with Bubba Wallace and uh, Austin Hill. Next Timmy time. Hill and Xfinity, come on, Matt. <laughs> or- <sighs> well, <laughs> although Austin Hill is running the Cup race this weekend with Beard Motorsports. And the 62. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's response. <laughs> Timmy Hill's not even on the on the entry list for this weekend, so it's okay. Yeah. <sighs> oh. Anyways, uh, we're not running it on iRacing, Dan. Dan, hey, you, you, we know he'd win it, too. He had iRacing on lock. I'm a stats guy, and when you said Timmy Hill, you about gave me an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll uh, that'll be all right. (laughs) That's a good comment right there. That'll just about do it for our show tonight. Uh, We appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, A quick fantasy update. I don't have it pulled up, uh, but I know for a fact that Ryan Hill won four uh, four in a row, and I I don't know if it's because he joined late and he has access to more picks than than we do, or uh, or what, but. Uh, it's crazy how, how Ryan's done with that. So yeah, good job in, to. In all fairness, for three of those, I haven't made picks. So I tried to make them this weekend, but NASCAR apparently decided that we needed to lock them before the green flag. And well, I, I didn't get them in. I, I hate to say it, Mike. I think that's something that's pretty typical for, for NASCAR fantasy. <laughs> I think it's um, like two minutes before green flag they lock them. No, I got well, an alert like saying three fifteen was when it was locked down. I, I'm still, uh, I'm still sitting uh, second in the overall standings behind short max. So, but we're not going to go uh, there with with but, where I'm at. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we appreciate everybody for tuning in. It's been a great show tonight. Uh, we look forward to next week uh, having Christian join us uh, to talk about the uh, the his truck debut in Richmond. Uh, we can't wait to have him on and we look forward to, uh, we look forward to uh, being on uh, with each other next week as well. Uh, we encourage everybody to like, uh, subscribe, comment, uh, keep commenting. We, uh, we love to see the comments throughout the week. Uh, follow us if you're not already and check out our website uh, at runonscuss.com. You can check out audio versions of this podcast uh, if you happen to just want to uh, to listen to us in your car, uh, we had a comment earlier from on YouTube. Uh, someone said that we were uh, just speaking out of his pocket while he was at work. So 
you know, however you want to, however you want to listen, uh, we're, we're happy to have it. So, uh, we appreciate everybody. So, uh, let's get some closing comments, Mike. It's going to be an exciting weekend for you, buddy. Are oh, you, uh, yes, it is. Are, um, I, ready for this race, ready to go take some good pictures for, for the website and get a couple of good videos for all the other socials and raise hail, praise Dale. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Zach, uh, Assuming that Denny Hamlin does not wreck uh, a Hendrick car for the win, uh, are you excited for for this weekend? Yeah, I'm very excited. You know, my birthday is actually on Sunday, so I'm excited to be off and be able to watch the race and do what I want for my birthday. So, birthday flight to Michigan. Come on. You paying for it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> We've got not, a we not we have a birthday. <laughs> we we have like a cluster of running on Scott's birthdays from like. April to, to like early August, and then I'm just sitting in there in December. So, yeah, someone's always got to be the loser. That's yeah. hey, whoa, I never look, I never got to have a have a pool party because my birthday was always in December. And even even in Mississippi, it's in Florida, everybody had there. Well, I'll, I'm gonna come down to Florida for my birthday. We'll go to the beach. I got I a pool in the backyard. Let's go. Dan's closing comments because that was it's, a little harsh. It's it's <laughs> never too late. It, it's never too late to have have your dreams and mine is to have a, a birthday pool party. So let's you. do it. Do you have a pool or a lake, Dan? No, he has a I pool. have a swamp, but I do have a pool as well. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> I just had to make right. sure here. Yeah, yeah. I got a couple gators back there, but they don't mess with the chickens or the goats, so we're good. <laughs> oh. Dan, what are your, what's your uh, your closing comments for tonight? Uh, I'm excited to uh, to see Michigan this year or this weekend. I I've always enjoyed watching the races there. Um, I know some people feel like sometimes it can be a little monotonous sitting there watching, um, especially when there's a, a big lead like there was this weekend, kind of boring races they want to call it um but i'm excited to watch it uh I, I love watching um the bigger the faster tracks in my opinion mama seeger you're invited too come on ma'am <laughs> um we'll, we'll we'll host one down here for for christmas or you know whatever time in december you guys want to come christmas hang out. pool party oh hey, yeah I christmas like sweater pool uh, party how about that party hey I already told you guys earlier in the chat this week I might come down to Florida this winter just to see Disney the uh, Dan style. Listen, I I will be a tour guide. I've done it before. I'll do it again. But no, um, love what, hanging out with you guys every week, and um, I, I know we're, we're trying to wrap things up here, and I still I still got a sandwich to eat. So uh, I'm gonna let you guys go. We'll see you again next week. Enjoy the racing, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate everybody for tuning in, uh, and we appreciate all the support that you guys give us. Uh, and we look forward to, to talking about the racing going on in Michigan next week, and we will see you guys there. Uh, see you next week.